previously on Tone Deaf. Okay. Yeah. Why are there vultures in the office? Happy Feet taught me that the only way to save a species that's in danger, or endangered in the case of these guys, is to do something to make them go viral. Turns out, video games are banned by the twin gods Khan and Dor. The Condor gods. The Condor Council has tasked us with tackling Land Before Time, the series. any patron episodes the Warrens and Black History Month. Guess how we get to start next year. No! We now return you to your regularly scheduled shenanigans. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And this crying, adorable man is Warren, my musically challenged spouse, who, uh, due to a fault of my own, is uh, having to watch the Land Before Time movies. And we're on one of the last of the good ones. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that means... <laughs> just... Ugh. The good that, ones. After, I want to say, the next one, it starts getting really stupid. And it's hard to... Uh, like, they become very hit or miss after the next one. And the next one's on the line of, hmm. But yeah, this week we're covering Land Before Time 4, Journey Through the Mists. Like, whew, like you miss it. Like mists as in... Ah, there's a T in there. Yeah, there's mists. Just, just, just... Mists. Those, ugh, ugh. No! <laughs> um... But yeah, Journey Through the Mists. This one fucked me up as a kid. Is this the one where Littlefoot's grandpa is sick? And almost dies? Yes. I remember... I don't know if I remember watching this one or if I just remember seeing uh, previews or like, you know, you know how like when you're watching an animated video, they'll have like previews for other animated videos? Yeah. I think I saw it in one of those mm -hmm. and it was like, you know... Littlefoot on a journey to save his grandfather, and I'm just like, oh boy. Yeah, no, this one, so it released December 10th, 1996, and it was at this, um, this horrible, perfect storm of shit for me in my brain, because I was having nightmares every night about something happening to my mom at that time, and... I was starting to become aware that, oh, my grandfather m will die someday, probably someday soon. And he passed in 1999, but so three years by later. 1996, I was like, 
Oh, my grandpa's sick. Oh, one of the only male father figures I have in my life is gonna be gone soon. So then, you know, I'm a kid wanting to watch The Fourth Land Before Time, and then I end up depressed, mm-hmm. like, almost out the gate with it. It's too, too close to home. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, what was I doing when I was nine? Ah, uh, let's see. I would have been in fourth grade, I think. Mm-hmm. I would have been very much into Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, I don't think anything bad was going on in my nine-year-old life other than not liking school, but that's pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah, um I I I have a slight hate relationship with this one, even though like I do feel like it is one of the better of the Land Before Time movies. I just I I don't like it for my own personal reasons, plus I feel like one of the characters that gets introduced for this is a little annoying in these cuz this is the one with Allie, the girl Apatosaurus. I was gonna say, isn't yeah? She's she's uh, is she Littlefoot's cousin? I thought so, but I've not seen anything that verifies it, and okay. it's like so. So she's probably set up to be the uh, how the how the long necks are gonna propagate yeah, their species. Yeah, and because that'll be genetic diversity. Jesus, it's like Bambi. Here, Bambi, fuck your cousin. Well, if you insist. It's hey, just... that's just normal courting relationships in some places in this country. <laughs> I still can't believe that they asked us if we were first cousins when we went to get our uh... marriage certificate. <laughs> like, I'm um... like, do we have... What made me laugh about that, too, I know we've talked about this on the show before, was we have other co-workers who got married in October, like, the same year we did, mm. and they're the same color. Yeah. And they're like, they never asked us that question. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean... What? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, not gonna put it off any longer. Uh, this la- this will be a last film for Linda Gary, who played Grandma Longneck. Oh. Um, did she die or just... Yeah, cry? in fact, this... She passed the year prior to this film's release but from a brain tumor. She had recorded it already. Yeah. She... Oh God, that's fucked up. The movie is about Littlefoot's grandfather mm-hmm. being sick and almost dying, and then in the real world, the woman playing the grandmother. Yeah. Dies. Yeah. It was. It was one of those like, ooh, ooh. Um, and this movie was in production at the same time as the third one. And was originally going to be released first, but they held it back for some reason, and I couldn't find the reason anywhere. I did more digging into this particular one than I wanted to. <laughs> so you had to, uh, you were a, a, a uh, 90s animation archaeologist? Yeah, a little bit, and it was a little bit annoying. Um, did I happen to mention, too, with uh, Kenneth Mars who plays Littlefoot's grandfather, 
that he was uh, in Young Frankenstein. Yes, okay. yes, you did. I, I couldn't remember if I had mentioned him or not, that there's there's that little connection with him for things that you've seen him in. Cool. So I've done that, but then there's this is also the last film for Candace Houston, who was the original Sarah, and this is actually her last acting role, period. I literally can't find anything about her after this movie. So you don't know if she died? I have no idea. She just dropped off the map? She just dropped off the fucking map. She, live, she became a homesteader. She moved out in the middle of nowhere and <laughs> built her apocalypse bunker. And That or else she's secretly cloning Triceratops and then one day she'll return with an army of Sarahs. Hey, hey, Sarah is a racist, so we have enough of those right now. We don't need, we don't need, uh... 10,000 pound hulking behemoth racist. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we did lose Rush Limbaugh recently, so we need to... <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Superstar. Um, if you are triceratops, you've come too oh, far. I found my other note on Linda Gary. Uh, she was Critterina and Marina in Happily Ever After, the Snow White thing that we watched a few years ago. The Snow White sequel. That's... Is that the 3D animated one? No, that was the one where uh, Snow White is being terrorized by the evil queen's brother who turns into like this bat dragon thing and uh he kidnaps the prince at one point and snow white has to go find him with the dwarf elves fuck i don't remember that oh boy we're doing that one then at some point because that's a musical and i fucking love it i must have been so <laughs> drunk because i didn't want to watch it and then i was <laughs> well and what's funny is that you liked it huh <laughs> well I don't remember it. Um, Those brain cells are it's dead. It's a very weird movie, but I enjoy it. Uh, and she was also Aunt May in the Spider-Man series you grew up with. Oh. Yes. Nice. So, yeah, so you have heard Linda Gary before, and this is, again, her last film. But we all know why you're here, other than Punishment. Oh, I was, you know, was going to say contractually obligated. Yes. We are here for Dino Facts. Pew, 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 That's a kookaburra. Kookaburras are dinosaurs. I guess, I guess it's just... <laughs> See, look at those beautiful spikes that don't quite touch the top. And my, my noise bar even looks like a whale. Look at it that. It does. It looks look how, like a whale. Look how perfect that is. Or it looks like a butt plug. Uh, there's two types of people in the world, folks. <laughs> hey, we have not been able to do all of our sexual humor for a month. You know, this is true. I am surprised I'm not cursing like a goddamn motherfucking sailor at the idea that I have to watch more of Lab before time. So... This week, I'm not going to tell you right away what the animal is, because oh, I'm a monster God. who likes to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> what have I told you about having fun? Always do it. So, 
We are covering a species of small pigeon-sized theropod that is in the Ornithorae clade. It's honestly going to be one of the most basal ones of that clade from what I was looking at. Um, alternatively, it is one of the first avalans discovered being closer related to sparrows than to dromaeosaurs. It was discovered in Kansas by Benjamin Franklin Mudge in 1870, and I hate that that is his real name because he was probably looking for something on the back of the Declaration of Independence or some shit when he was finding this thing. Mudge. <laughs> I, I liked my national treasure joke there. <laughs> See, and I heard Mudge, and I'm just like, I bet he was a carpet mudger. <laughs> uh, anyway, this Mudge guy was an abolitionist, and he was right friends with Othniel Marsh of the Bone Wars. And Edward Drinker Cope kept trying to get Mudge to work for him, but Mudge didn't budge. Ha! <laughs> I'm glad you laughed at that because I had a sorry written in there, ready to go. <laughs> so, this animal gets its name for its vertebra, which are concave on both sides. Something that's more common in fish than theropods, but it's more noted for its teeth, which are present on the lower jaw and then the middle to back of the upper jaw. But not the front of the But not the jaw. front of the top jaw. It's something kind of unique to this lineage. Hmm. Uh, these were small, non-serrated teeth that were sharp but tilted backwards. And according to Daniel Field with the University of Bath, its sharp teeth probably would have assisted in on holding onto slippery marine prey, while its incipient beak at the tips of its jaws probably would have allowed it to manipulate objects with fine dexterity. So yeah, I'm proud of myself, because when you're describing that, I'm like, that sounds like somebody who would have preyed on small, uh, yes. small marine life forms. Yes, yes it would. And uh, this, this theropod would have lived near water, probably having a similar lifestyle to some of the ocean birds feasting on fish and shellfish. Uh, and Helena Walker agrees, saying that they were also uh, piscivorous, but uh, she also has a slightly different view of their lifestyle. From her paper on these animals, she says that they were active hunters, and they kind of had a mix of kingfisher and either a gull or a gannet with the form of catching its prey, like it would uh, fly over and then just dive down. And uh, she said that, you know, by her observation at looking at the material, they would have dived head first after their prey. But she had a lot of other things to say about their behavior that I honestly feel is purely speculative. See, she thinks that they would have had sort of like this baby crow-like affinity for shiny objects or new objects, and that they would gather bright objects, maybe because it was fun, or because they had a mate to display to, or because they really, really, really wanted your ascendant rocket launcher. <laughs> Do you know which which animal? No, your ascendant rocket launcher. Oh, 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Is this Pegamastix? No. Okay. Then it is... It's a flying. Then it's... um um. Sorry, you said stealing. But then... Because I wasn't sure initially... Oh, God. 
Ichthyornis. Yes. Oh, we are doing Ichthy motherfucking Ornus. Ichthyornis is in this, this yes. episode. Yes. Ichthyornis is one of the two antagonists in this. You know, that sounds about right. All they do is ever antagonize me in Ark. That's why I kill them on sight. See, I've gotten really good at tranking them, and then I keep them as a pet and just let them sit down and not do anything and sort of go, yeah, you get to think about what you did. And they look so guilty when they're sitting there, like they have their heads down, just this he eyes looking up like, I'm sorry. Nope, that's why I carry a crossbow at all times, because I'm really good at shooting those assholes out of the air. <laughs> So how'd you like the uh, mix of arc and real facts? They were out of this world and on a floating platform in space. Because <laughs> I may do that with the rest of these. You know, I you have my permission because uh, it's a little bit of joy in the hell that is shitty 90s direct-to-video <laughs> animated sequels. Excellent, because I already know which one I'm doing for the next one. So, And it's got an arc counterpart. I love when Kay asks me questions that I already know the answer that they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was a toss-up between either do I do a the dinosaur that gets introduced or do I do the non-dinosaur that gets introduced for the next one and so is pegamastix in any of these no the, okay i i kind i wish that it was but they don't have any heterodontosaurids in the in any of these that's because they um, were they well i mean not i mean the land before time has animals from different periods together mm -hmm. anyways but when you said heterodontid, they are uh, uh, earlier in the lineage, right? Yeah, they would be... Well, these would be... Pegamastics, I think, would be Jurassic. Um, which, I mean, Spike and Littlefoot are Jurassic. So they could have had it in there and been fine. They just didn't. Cause, Cowards. Probably because they're a little ugly. Yeah? And they don't... I mean, I think it would be cool... They, you know, finally have some cool dinosaur types in later Land Before Time movies, but they sacrifice, hey, cool dinosaur for, this is a this is going to be a really fucking stupid plot, you guys. We're going to have a whole song about stinky water. You mean diarrhea? The, the 14th Land Before Time was a mistake. And I've seen it. Saw so it while just we're covering through that one's the biggest mistake out of all of them, because you know they could have just ended it with a TV series and been fine. You know, I'm concerned that we're in the universe that will result in a Land Before Time 25. Me too, <laughs> uh, but it also makes me concerned about Land Before Times 15 through 24. <laughs> I wish I didn't have knowledge of the future. <laughs> it's like knowing the date that you're going to die, and there's nothing you can do about it. And they're going to get so stupid. They're going to get so bad. It's like, no, your, your series died and should have stayed extinct. But it's not. It keeps you being know, a Lazarus taxon. Or... You put some fucking effort into it, and you make them actually decent. That's too much work. <laughs> that is too much work. They, they should have just gone... They should have, like, had dinosaur train folks work on it, and then at least made it useful. 
anyway, there's one more thing um, about, well, there's one more thing about the Ichthyornis character. He's going to be voiced by Jeff Bennett, who also voices Petrie. Oh, okay. So you'll probably hear a little bit of that in there, but something major does happen in this movie. Something that shakes the entire lore of Land Before Time, and it was fucking mind-blowing as a kid when I watched it. I lost my fucking shit when it happened. Okay. Yep. Okay, then. Yep. Uh, some some quos get unstatused. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, you may have to point them out to me, because I probably won't. You'll you'll catch it. They make a big deal of it when it happens, and it's one of those like when when I picture little Kay watching this, tears have been streaming down my face and then this happens and I'm like Whoa But also this is still really fucking sad. <laughs> I'm out of tissues. <laughs> Land before time made me cry again. And not in a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the first one. Yeah. So, we've stalled enough. We've dicked around for about 20 minutes. <laughs> Shall we go and watch Land Before Time 4? Journey through those mists? Well... Get that golden flower? Meet a rat? Oh, It'll all make sense. Will it? Will it, Kay? It will. When it's all said and done, will any of it make any sense? <laughs> we, we have we have angered two Condor deities who have told us to watch these. Does any of it make any sense, Kay? I don't know. We're in the bad universe, Kay. We are. Don't... Well, we're not in the bad universe because we're still here. <laughs> okay. We're still here. Yeah. Kay, we're, we're in the... Five degrees off of, of we're we're not in the worst universe. We're in universe prime. <laughs> we're in the prime universe, and then the other one was the Kelvin universe. And... <laughs> <laughs> I guess we better go watch this before the angry condor gods peck out our eyes for insolence. Yep. So let's let's go watch Land Before Time Four. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kate. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Do you want to touch a pulsating blue cube? Do you want to turn into an animal but for only two hours? Do you sometimes, like, want to be a bear and feel the power? Are you afraid of slugs crawling into your brain? Do you remember the 90s? A little bit. Remember those books with kids turning into animals? I do. We're reading every single one. Join us on our journey with 
Anamorphin Time with Nate and Tyler. You can read along. You don't have to read along. We'll read for you. Anamorphin Time with Nate and Tyler. Tyler. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. So, how was that journey I'm the mess? I'm really concerned about how you were talking about that one, two, three, four, and I think maybe five are the good ones, and then they go downhill, because I remember watching two. For me, one, top tier. Oh yeah, one two, is the best. Two, um, two is... Two is like it's hanging off of the the ass hair of one, mm-hmm. and it's still connected to one tangentially, <laughs> but it's hanging by some pubic hair. Uh, <laughs> everything after that are just turds on the ground for me, mm-hmm. and I and and knowing that they only get worse is is uh, concerning. And I guess I'm being a little harsh because seven. No. no, you're not. You're not being a little harsh. Well, seven <laughs> is interesting at the very least. It's still stupid, but seven is interesting. The 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 thing that I've noticed the most about what we've watched regarding them is that the animation is not terrible. Yeah. The animation is pretty standard direct to video. Mm-hmm. animation and i don't think that it's bad um yeah the music and the songs are bad some of the voice the voice acting overall isn't bad yeah but the it, it just it makes me more and more upset that they are <laughs> musicals because i'm like take away the musical part of it mm-hmm. and just make a better story and that would be better because, dude, dude, let's be real. I know the whole reason that they try and do musicals is because then you can get royalties and sell the songs mm. separately and make money that way, too. So it's all about the bottom line. The problem is the songs are not good enough to warrant buying a soundtrack yeah. to listen to it. I will say that out of all of the sequels, though, this one is the most classically musical. Like... Just on the music alone, take out the lyrics, it's very much like they watched a Cole Porter musical and but they it was kind of like they played telephone. <laughs> Cause they're they played telephone through a muffled speaker, so it was really hard to hear exactly what was being said. Like, there's there's two songs in this that feel like they would come from a musical and if you did a rewrite they might be better you know the the song later on with the two villains arguing when we first meet them i like that song the most out of the songs in this (laughs) yes i would say so Mm -hmm. i just it's not it could be better yes because they are trying it you know they're trying to they're pumping these out once a year every yes. year they're pumping one out every year mm-hmm. and so they're not putting the appropriate time into it to make it good yes so it's just it's like a it's like every song is a first draft and they went mm-hmm. yeah that'll work mm-hmm. it's like there's there's no there's no tlc put into it yeah and that is what bothers me yeah it's it's definitely 
that period of time when they started going, just set your kids down in front of it and it'll be fine. And it's like, I think that that's what upsets me the most with these is that I can sit there and see how they can improve. Yeah. And it just takes, in this one, it would take maybe a couple of rewrites to make it decent. And it's it's why I got mad at Avatar. The, not the last airbender and not the last airbender movie that we don't talk about i mean james cameron's space monkeys blue space kitty smurfy cats fan yeah that's right avatar blue Blue monkey smurfy cats i that one could have done another rewrite and it would have been stellar to me maybe i mean i don't know get rid of get rid of the stupid white savior bullshit and it could be a good movie and also change unobtainium to something that sounds cooler (laughs) but with with this this the reason why i feel it's one of the last good ones is because it's one of the last times that we actually have high stakes for our characters fair there there are definitely high stakes mm-hmm. in this and because I will, I will give that that point the only one after this that has slightly higher stakes would be the great long neck migration and that one's not even high stakes it's just that it brings in a type of family drama almost that I thought was pretty mature for one of these movies. That's fair. <laughs> and when we get to that one, we'll talk about it because that was another one that, like, I, w- I was very much like, this could have been so much better. And it... it I will say that in the lineup after this, 7 and 10 are my uh, exceptions to the Land Before Time gets shitty after video 5. Like, really shitty after video 5. I mean, that's fair? I just, it, like, because the thing is, you've seen the other ones and I haven't. Mm-hmm. So, but I know, I know you've talked about the thing is, they all mix together because there's fucking 14 of these. Yeah. I unfortunately remember the beats to each of them because that's how my fucking brain works. The only series that I want to experience 14 of is The Wheel of Time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they may be long. Yes, they might ramble sometimes. But you know what? The world building is on point. <laughs> the Wheel of Time 14. The Wisdom of the Great Flyers. I don't know. It's called Memory of Light. I know, but I was trying to make it Land Before Timey. And I just mixed, like, three Land Before Time (laughs) sequel names. (laughs) The one with Micro Raptor made me really mad. Sorry, and then my brain started thinking about the fact that there will be a live-action TV series, and I'm thinking about at one point where one of the characters goes to a museum in a big city, and they describe seeing bones of animals that aren't real and speculating on whether or not they are are fake. (laughs) And it's making me think about, are they going to have dinosaur bones in that? And I'm like, that would be cool. Or are they going to be different kind of animals that we've never seen? Because, I mean, it's a sick... It's a... uh cyclical world so yeah it could be dinosaurs Uh, but enough talking about a better (laughs) a better uh series let's talk about this 
this childhood destroying. <laughs> and it's it's interesting hearing you talk about it because I know that as much I know that as bad as it is objectively from an art standpoint, you also still love them. I still love them just because I am so hungry for dinosaur content where dinosaurs are not monsters. Yeah. Because and the only thing that I will argue is that I hate theropods being monsters but the next one kind of fixes that but that's just because we have theropods around now yeah and some of them are monsters yeah but they're cute and when they when they are monsters they puff up their head and their eyes pin and you're like you're adorable even though i know you're gonna take off my finger i think the only reason that you think that is because you're not small enough for them to murder you with their face that's true if you if you were smaller than them oh if i were smaller than them it would be more that like This is a really cool thing, but it can stay all the way over there. (laughs) Like, I would would love to see a T-Rex, for real. Like, not just the skeleton. I would love that. It would scare the fuck out of me. I think everybody would love to see a T-Rex. Are you kidding me? Blow minds across the globe. I would especially love it if they have, like, some of that ostrich fluff. Just kind of like how elephants have uh, very little hair on them, but they still have hair. I'd love to see that, but with a Rex. See, I want to see Rexes with, like, the display feathers, like a cockatoo oh, and stuff that like that. Oh, that would be cool. But... I think that would be dope. That would be... A... Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Wow, okay. Uh, let's get back on point. Yeah. So... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I apologize, good and wonderful listeners. We are talking about, in case you've forgotten due to our ramblings, The Land Before Time 4, Journey Through the Mists. <laughs> Alternate title, The Land Before Time 4, Littlefoot Looks for Dank Kush. <laughs> and... It's medicinal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, hey, medicine can make it. Legalize the golden flower. Legalize. <laughs> After the title card and a fish swimming by, we then see a school of fish swimming by. Then a leviathan swims by and chases the fish. We get our new narrator talking about before all the things that were like, before all the things that we like and have now, the greatest of all creatures were the dinosaurs. Make creatures great again. No! <laughs> but climate changes as we are seeing now, and dinosaurs were having a bitch of the time with this climate change. (laughs) Despite the changes happening in the outside world, the elitists in the Great Valley are perfectly fine and unaffected by the troubles of climate change in those third world dinosaur locations. It's dinosaur park like rat park. It's a behavioral sink. Uh, That's why the movies get stupider. There you go. There we go. It's just cycles of inbreeding and they all get dumber and dumber spike is one of the beautiful ones that's only interested in eating and preening <laughs> sounds like a life mm-hmm. all right we then see sarah knocking down a bunch of leaves out of a tree and ducky is like good job you hit that tree super good yep yep and then they go to eat the leaves that have fall down that have fallen down and fucking fag is in the middle of the pile <laughs> of leaves munching them where the fuck did he come from? Was he in the tree or was he underground and came up through the ground into the pile of leaves? Just another mystery of dinosaur behavior lost to the distant past. So a uh, little known fact about stegosaurs, and I'm not putting stegosaurs into 
our dinosaur facts just because they're a stock dinosaur. Everyone knows about stegosaurs except for this. Stegosaurs had this uncanny ability to just materialize wherever <laughs> food was. Like they would, it, it, they would phase in, kind of like uh, Moses's brother in Green Pastures. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See, I was thinking that maybe uh, he was in the tree, but he was one with nature, and so when Sarah hit the leaves, he was the leaves and came down with them, and then he materialized. That does make sense because a raven became a pine needle and was swallowed by a chief's daughter, and that was how he was able to be born as a baby, and then he got the sun from the chief's daughter and turned back into a raven and put it in the sky. Makes as much sense as a burning bush. I Speaking of burning That is bush, one of my favorite stories, by the way, because I love seeing raven portrayed that way and not like, oh, I'm a big spooky bird. Well, I mean, in the borderlands, there is an active bounty on ravens. Always. Their eyes for the dark one. Okay. We are we are always mistreated. <laughs> it's because you're black. <laughs> Don't get me started on the misconceptions of awesome black birds. It's because you're carrion eaters and you feed on death. Hey, someone's got to do it. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Someone's got to do it. Anyways, Baby Steps comes into the scene and he's being chased. He's chasing a bug and he finds his way into a cave and then out of the cave. And then he sees a new herd of longnecks thundering their way into the Great Valley. <laughs> Baby Steps goes to ask his grandparents, what's up with the other longnecks? And they're like, oh, they're your cousins. Have we never mentioned them before until now? Huh, <laughs> funny that. <laughs> As the longnecks are leaving uh, the bath that they're in, so Grandpa and Grandma Big Steps are bathing in mm -hmm. a lake. Because, you know, nothing says hygiene <laughs> like shitting where you drink. We all know what that lake was. Sex lake. That was a sex lake. <laughs> See, that's that's why Grandpa, uh, that's why Grandpa Big Steps passed out because he's too old to be to be nailing Grandma like he used to. The golden flower is it's, actually it's Viagra. Yes. <laughs> now I can fuck your grandma for another few decades. <laughs> Look at this apatacock. <laughs> Yes, as the long necks are leaving. She's going to be a brontosaurus. <laughs> By the time I'm done with your granny, she'll have a brontosaurus. <laughs> Don't mind her walking bow-legged. <laughs> Our necks are not the only thing long. <laughs> as the long necks are leaving the bath to go meet their migrating herd cousins, Grandpa falls over and is all sad-like, and they're like, ah, are you okay, G-Paw? And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, and gives some very unconvincing smile to reassure his wife and grandchild. Anyways, they go to greet the other herd, and, and a really bitchy, crabby granny longneck is like, is this place safe? Is it state? Is the climate stable? And the others are like, yeah, it's a paradise. And then Grumpy Longneck is like, good, for now at least. Who knows if your perfect little valley will change or not? And then she gives an exposition about how their lands have changed, and they grew wet with water that fell from the sky, which caused lots of rain flooding everywhere, and then strange creatures moved into the neighborhood, and the property values declined. 
So they were forced to relocate before the neighborhood became full of immigrants. <laughs> so it's white flight. <laughs> Which they are lighter skinned than oh, Littlefoot and his family. Oh. So. <laughs> Racism never goes away, it just changes forms. I will say I like her <laughs> character design because she's got like that scar all down her face of like claws coming down. And, and she's extra wrinkly. Yeah, it's it's very cool the way that the migrating her dinosaurs do have like different things that show we're traveling all the time what made me okay we'll we'll get into that because that's a dumb plot point in regards to them being like our lands are not good anymore because it's like if you're migrating then okay anyway 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 (laughs) after the exposition the others are like okay well that sucks that your lands are no longer good to live in you can stay here with us i guess and Baby Steps asks his fam if he's going to have to move like the other Longnecks. And they're like, nah, this place is the tits, yo. <laughs> the others tell Baby Steps that they're glad he's not moving because they'd miss him. Yep, yep. And they're like, right, Sarah? You'd miss the main protagonist too, right, Sarah? <laughs> and Sarah is like, Marr, I can't have emotions other than anger. And she runs off, chased by the others. Baby Steps gives chase, but then gets distracted by noises because of his walnut-sized brain. <laughs> but then he finds the, the source of the noise, a slightly pinkish long neck who is his cousin and has longer eyelashes to show she's a girl <laughs> and half-closed lids giving him bedroom eyes, indicating that she's a girl for Baby Steps. It's a little creepy because I don't like the way they animate Mm-mm. female animal characters when they just have like extra long lids and they're at half mass yeah because that you know that's a very alluring gaze yeah and i'm i'm okay with it if it's an adult creature sure i'm not? okay with it that way but this is a baby it's a baby and i feel like the <laughs> color difference was enough you didn't need to give her yeah. extra eyelashes yeah no and colored eyelids did you notice that her yeah. eyelids had like a purple metallic yeah. mascara it, sheen it, it bothers me yeah. because <sighs> a not how sexual dimorphism works in <laughs> archosaurs but b like if anyone's going to be more flamboyant it's going to be littlefoot because he's got to attract all the bitches. He does. He is a... Uh, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Anyways, the two baby steppers are like, let's go play. And they go running off to play some baby foot game. <laughs> the other dinos and dino adjacent characters <laughs> quarter Sarah and pummel her into admitting she'd miss baby steps if he ever had to leave the Great Valley. The baby steppers are playing and laughing, and the others are like, holy shit, there's two little foots. Because apparently all apatosauruses look alike, <laughs> ducky. Who's the racist now, ducky? Baby steps tries to introduce his cousin to his friends, but cousin foot is also a racist, just like Sarah, and is like, but I can't play with small-necked freaks, they're lesser beings. <laughs> and she runs off. Baby steps is like, uh... What? And goes after her. The others are like, oh, sad. She's scared of us. And Sarah is like, no, she's a stuck up racist bitch who thinks she's better than everyone. And the rest of <laughs> a, and the rest of the group are like, yeah, Sarah, who would dare be a stuck up bitch who thinks they're better than everyone and says they don't associate with those outside their kind. Sarah, 
Who would do such a thing, Sarah? <laughs> Anyways, Baby Steps gets ambushed by his horny cousin who is like, <laughs> It's better if we play just the two of us. And Baby Steps is like, I'll go get my friends and we can all play together. Cousin Foot is like, No, just us. Fuck those lower life forms. <laughs> and the two frolic and play and laugh. And are seen by Sarah and the others who are like, Gah, how dare Baby Steps be racist and not want to play with us? What kind of shitty, shitty character would openly talk about being superior to others and not wanting to associate with them due to how superior they are? Sarah? <laughs> who would do such a thing? Sarah? <laughs> Anyways, the band of ignored friends get upset and leave the two long-neckers to their cousin fun. Which, cousin fun sounds wrong when I say it out loud. Hey, Kay, you want to go have some first cousin fun? Anyways, the cousins... We are not first cousins. <laughs> we were asked if we were when we going to get our marriage certificate. I don't understand. Imagine that. We need a piece of paper to say we're married. We can't just go, this is my wife. This is my husband. We're mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Oh, we need pieces of paper for all sorts of stuff. Latte's right. The certificates are stupid. Yeah. No more food certificates. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone be taken care of. Eat the rich. <laughs> Anyways, the cousins are done with their cousin fun and head back to their families. But Grandpa Big Steps is laying on the ground, all sad and ill. The others are murmuring about how... It doesn't look good. Baby Steps is like, Why is G-Paw sick? He said he was fine. Did he lie? Did G-Paw lie to me, Grandma? <laughs> the old grumpy Longneck is like, I've seen this before. It can only be cured by the golden petals of the night flower. It's some primo super day kush, yo. One nibble and you'll be tripping for Days. Oh, and it will heal your grandpa, but only if you act quickly. Gma Big Steps is like, who will take me to the flower? And everyone is like, not us. We don't stick our considerable necks out for anyone. And they really apologize and excuse themselves from the family deathbed and are like, yeah, we really, really wish we could help, but we just... Choose not to. Thanks for letting us live in your lush valley, by the way. This place is great. Who knows what we would have done if you didn't let us share this lush green valley. <laughs> but yeah, sorry we can't lead you to the magical medical flower to save this kind long neck who said that we could live here in this lush green valley with plenty of food and no predators. <laughs> It's just a huge inconvenience for us at the moment to take you to go get the flower. If you think about it, though, the Great Valley probably could not support that herd for a long term. It's a big fucking valley. It is a big valley, but, I mean, the amount of food that they have to eat, it can support a family of three long necks and maybe one other long neck family that we see during a musical number, but that's it. I think that that is wild speculation based on uh, nothing but your attempt to justify why this shitty plot hole makes sense. Well, because normally 
they would have migrated anyway. They wouldn't be sticking around in one place. But the, but the whole reason they went to the Great Valley is because the whole world got <clears throat> fucked up. And they were like, there's no food. We're all going to die. But there's this magical faraway land full of lush green food <clears throat> called the Great Valley. And that's the thing that makes me wonder, too, is it's like the whole like, the shit is getting fucked up. This is this period is supposed to be like the decline of the dinosaurs mm. and so the great valley is like the last bastion of hope for herbivores and then these assholes are somehow <laughs> migrating around and having a merry old time so i think that part of it is because science kept marching on because they started realizing oh well yeah climate was changing but it was like Especially more recently where they're going, actually, things were starting to go on the upswing for dinosaurs and the only thing that kept them, like, the only thing that led to their demise was a big fucking rock hitting at the just the right time. Because, yeah, we're having more volcanism, but that's also putting more nutrients into the ground and it's cha it's changing the climate in a way that dinosaurs were adapting to pretty rapidly and being like, oh, okay, well... I'm, you know, part, I'm, I'm the progenitor to birds, so I can do blah, 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 Yeah, and every and time so... something dies out, something else fills in the gap. So yeah, even if and... things would have been dying due to volcanization, there still would have been light mm. flowing. It took the, it took, uh, it took God throwing a stone. Yes, because in future movies, there are a lot more green areas, and you kind of sit there and go, why are you guys... Why are you <laughs> staying in the Great Valley? This is a fucking behavioral sink, and they kind of explain that... Really, the reason why they're in the Great Valley is no predators and not abundance Except all of the food. time that predators come into the Great Valley. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's really like the migrating longnecks have the right idea. Because <laughs> right now, they're just in a salad bowl. <laughs> migrating. Migrating sounds like such a pain in the ass. It, it's one of those things that uh, sauropods were better off migrating because you have especially in the first movie you've got a really good example with that herd of diplodocus that come through and eat all the leaves on that one tree that's basically what mm -hmm. like if if a whole herd of long necks stayed in the great valley then it would be basically stripped of all of its trees after a while because great valley is really big though it's big but they're they're I mean, sizable. It's not just a valley; it's a great valley. Yeah, make the valley great again. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, <laughs> it makes sense why there would be migrating herds because that's a thing that that uh, group of dinosaurs would have to do to, like, basically move to one area, eat all the food they can, move to another area, eat all the food they can figure out where they're going to have their babies because it's it's like a wildebeest and other animals that migrate that they just have sort of a pattern that they go in so the great valley is probably just a nice resting place and then they move on to their next spot which is probably like a mating ground or something like that the most unrealistic thing is that ally is traveling with them because she would be left in a thicket that's right they abandon their young to basically mm -hmm. just Eat, be by themselves and eat until they can until they, they can, can leave the forest because they're so, big enough that nothing's really going to mess with them yeah and so that's why it makes more sense for a migrating herd than it does littlefoot and his grandparents staying in the great valley forever 
Because eventually, Littlefoot's gonna have to leave if he's gonna want to get laid. Yeah, he's he's got a cousin who's giving him bedroom eyes. He's gotta he's gotta he's gotta he's gotta uh, not mix those genetics and just keep it all in the family. Keep his bloodline pure, if you know what I'm saying. They're gonna. Mm, that's. Mm. <laughs> I I have some words for that. Just trying to make that walnut-sized brain smaller. Anyways. <laughs> that you can only pack neurons so <laughs> densely. <laughs> G-Pog gives baby steps the, If something happens to me, you're going to have to be the man of the house. Talk. And baby steps is like, What's a house? Never mind. <laughs> not, a, not important. G-Ma big steps tells baby steps that they're just going to have to hope that the circle of life... <laughs> is merciful and doesn't take your G-Paw away from us. If only someone, SOMEONE, was brave enough to go and get that special healing flower. If only SOMEONE was brave enough. <laughs> Anyways, stupid enough. it's time for a terrible song. And G-Ma sings a shitty, shitty song about the circle of life and how with each new generation, a new circle is complete. It nurtures the young and murders the old. It's magical, this thing called life. Yeah, it's that song reminds me of, like, I don't know. It reminded me a little bit of the old Charlotte's Web movie, but not as good. I just felt like it was a bad plagiarism of, of uh It Lion was, King. but it, it, it reminded me of... We'll watch that one eventually for this show, because have you seen the old charlotte's web long time ago so long time ago it, it reminded me of one of the songs that charlotte sang complete with it being sung by a contralto which props for that but just shittier lyrics because <laughs> they these people can't write lyrics it makes me so mad that's what i mean is like I they swear that, can't write lyrics i swear that every song is a first draft mm -hmm. and they they don't hire it's just i don't know I just I just feel like that the that the budget for these movies was so small that mm -hmm. it they were it was just they I've, yeah there's no TLC is what yeah. I, I've hammered that point multiple times and I don't need to keep talking about it because otherwise it'll just me go be going why isn't this as good as the other they don't go chasing waterfalls don't go chasing actually they do go chasing a waterfall Can that's we'll, true we'll, they we'll get to do. That. Jima, after singing her song, then cries anime tears as she tucks Baby Steps into his dirt bed. <laughs> baby Steps can't sleep, though, with the impending death of his grandfather and all. You know, might be might make it a little hard to mm -hmm. put your mind at ease and drift mm -hmm. off the sleepland. He's like, I'm on a mission to save my gramps from that circle of murder. And then he <laughs> scampers off to his cousin to ask for a guide to the dank kush so he can save Jima. <laughs> Cousin Steps is like, No, it's too dangerous. There are monsters in that land of mists. Oh, yeah. That's what our old home is called. Because it's cause all the rain and shit. The land of mists. I think that got, you know, forgotten to be narrated in the earlier part. But it's the title of the movie. They so do kind narrate of it. The, the old... Yeah, that's what my... Oh, I, I forgot you to, forgot to I narrate. I forgot to say it. Okay. Baby Steps is like, This is like... The fourth adventure I've been on. I'll go get my friends, because they have experience facing certain death. This will be no problem. <laughs> and Cousin Steps is like, No, your friends are inferior specimens. If we take them, they'll only get in the way of our supremacy. It will be better if we go. 
just the two of us. And she leads him away. It's so weird, though, the way that they set her up as a love interest, but then mention that they're cousins. Like, <sighs> I mean, it, it would it would be different if it was just, oh, it's another herd of long necks. Yeah. And just, we yeah. don't know these long necks, but hey, we're all long necks. Like, es welcome to the Great Valley. Especially because of a later movie that establishes other long neck herds. It really bothers me because again no tlc it's it's like the bambi thing where bambi bangs his cousin Ooh. and i don't and I mean, lion king it's a lot Simba more bangs the, his half sister a lot, more, a lot more common in the animal kingdom because yeah it is though with lions not and i can get into a whole thing on why the lion king is just a ticking time bomb of genetic bottlenecking well and that's the issue too is with you know animals will breed with who is available mm -hmm. so if you don't have enough genetic diversity they're going to mm -hmm. breed with their their relatives or immediate yeah. family and it just uh, it it's one of those things that especially when they establish that there are more long necks around and more long necks of the same species in different families it just makes me go, come on, could you have not tried to shoehorn in a hetero-romantic thing with Littlefoot and his cousin? You could have had a completely unrelated little girl long neck, and that would have been fine. Yep. But also, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. I realize that we've been sh we've been sleeping on a ship. I, uh... <laughs> I make some comments about that later because of the conversation that you and Shay had when we were watching this. One thing I want to make a comment, though, is it, for whatever reason, this line of conversation regarding Baby Steps and his cousin reminds me of a former coworker I had who was telling us that we should watch uh, Sword Art Online, but we should stop at a certain episode because then it just gets very Japanese. And I don't know what it is with Japanese anime and their fascination with kissing cousins like there's always there's so many shows that have like a romance or a forbidden romance between cousins i was not prepared for that when we were watching sword art online so uh, just it would have been nice if he had said like hey just so you know there's kissing cousins because like at first i'm like oh that won't of, of course it's going to be for this one culture. It's 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 made by this culture. It'd be like saying, oh, don't watch this American show because it gets too American. But then it's like, oh, you mean cousin fucking. That's what made me laugh. He says it gets, too, it gets way Japanese. And I was like, what? We, then we get to that point where we're like, oh. And, and, oh. And of course, I haven't watched nearly as much uh, anime because... My my experience is very limited, so like I haven't seen as much of the cous kissing cousins. Stuff. I've seen it in a few, but I just that that took me off guard. I was like, "What? No, mm -hmm. no. Yep. <laughs> Where's my cool fantasy stuff? No. Yeah. I don't need kissing cousins. No. I don't. Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No. Mm. The next morning. The dinos and dino adjacent characters are like, where is Baby Steps? Probably making Rule 34 with his stupid racist cousin. <laughs> but then they hear G-Mob Big Steps crying out in the valley for Baby Steps and being like, oh, he must have gone after that dank kush. He's so brave, so brave, 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 and not dumb at all. <laughs> we then see Cousin Steps, 
uh, stepping along uh, as they lead baby steps across some rocks and into a cave atop a waterfall. They went chasing waterfalls. <laughs> which leads me to wonder how the fuck the herd made it through that ceiling of the cave, which is too damn low. But whatever. Yeah. There is a red-eyed croc in the cave water lurking and waiting to eat the baby steppers. The cousins think that they've found the way out, but nope. It only leads to a pit of certain death and an echo, echo, echo. This echo. scene. Fuck this scene. To which Baby Steps is like, let me reuse the sh this shtick of talking to my echo for a little while as I shout over and over and somehow cause a cave in. That shit works for avalanches, but not in caves. Lazy, lazy, direct to dino VHS writers. Anyways. There is a cave-in, and Cousin Steps leaves Baby Steps for dead. I mean, goes to get help. And Baby Steps is trapped with the red-eyed croc, who is uh still chilling in the water, I guess, waiting for a more opportune moment with mm -hmm. which to eat Baby Steps. For some reason, it is not right now when Baby Steps is separated and alone. And knocked out. Stupid predator. I mean, they do explain later that that one has bad eyesight. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, you see them in the water looking. So it's like, yeah, you, you know that, what direction they are. That Their characterization of Dinosuchus really bothers me. But I See, and I don't think that they were saying the Dinosuchus all had bad eyesight. No, I think they were saying but, this particular one had bad eyesight. But, like, even then, I'm kind of like, the they still have a good sense of smell. They still can feel vibrations with... And they still would hear. They would still know yeah. that there was something. And there that's the is thing a too. reason that they were amazing predators. And that's the thing is, like, the way that they show it, too. There's a pile of rocks blocking baby steps from getting out. Mm -hmm. And then immediately behind him is this water in which a croc is lurking. Yeah. So I'm like, he's literally cornered. Yeah. Literally cornered. But anyways, anyways. So stupid. G-Ma Big Steps catches the dino and dino-adjacent party members up on the G-Paw deathbed situation <laughs> and how Cousin Steps is missing too. The child adventurers are like, we'll go save him. And G-Ma Big Steps is like, no, promise me that you won't go do this dangerous, dangerous adventure. And all the dino and dino-adjacent party members cross their fingers and legs and mm -hmm. lie to the adult. That I, I liked that. I've never understood the logic behind that, that somehow it's okay to lie if you cross your fingers. It's like it's 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 like a magical gesture that somehow makes your your ego satisfied with lying. Double crossing someone. Yeah. That's the thing, it's like it somehow justifies it. It's like, ha ha ha, you didn't see that I had my see CK, little do you know, when we were taking our wedding vows, <laughs> I had my fingers crossed. See, and that's the way that they use it in this is more of like the little kids holding it behind their back. Yeah. But like yeah. it, it it's not supposed to be a good thing to would, do that. I it's... would like to see that argument used in court. Your honor, I did not perjure myself. I had my fingers crossed. I'm sure that would work out real well. Actually, for some people, it probably would. <laughs> Sounds about wealthy and white. Uh, mm -hmm. As the group of grumpy, lying children are bitching about Baby Steps not asking them for help, Cousin Steps comes into the scene to be like, Uh, Baby Steps is trapped? I need your help. 
And Sarah is like, what if I don't want to help? What if you're lying? I'm the racist dino and I don't appreciate you stealing my gimmick. It's the one thing I'm known for in this series. And the, other, and the others follow cousin steps while Sarah sits and pouts. Meanwhile, baby steps is trapped and tries to push rocks, but he fails. Like a failing failure who fails. And he decides to go walk around? Someone is stalking Baby Steps, though, and Baby Steps is on the edge. But then he gets ambushed by a sea turtle Yeah. in a cave. Yeah. Sea turtle. So many better ways to introduce Archelon. How did that sea turtle get into the cave? Up a waterfall. Big what the shrug. fuck movie? Sea water, saltwater creature, saltwater reptile in a freshwater cave. Big shrug, W. <sighs> Anyways, Cousin Steps is leading the rest of the group to the waterfall. And see, they're chasing waterfalls. <laughs> and we see Baby Steps and Archie, the fucking giant cave sea turtle. Oh god, I wonder if he knows John, the giant pink sea snail. Why? Do you think... <laughs> how old is John? Do you think John... Do you think John knew Archie? Maybe, maybe this, maybe it's John's fault that Archie got trapped in this cave. Our listeners will have to find out in the next story about John, the giant pink sea snail, as he learns, Ar as he lures Archie to the cave of immediate death. Oh, sorry, the cave of ine inevitable death. God damn it. It's still in the, uh, the, uh, uh, uh brainstorming stages. But be sure to look for it this Easter season in all of uh, book retailers that sell imaginary books. Oh, my fucking hell. <laughs> but yes, Archie, the fucking giant cave sea turtle, is trying to move rocks, but they're both useless. Especially Archie, because he's a sea turtle in a cave. <sighs> Anyways, we see Cave Croc, whose name is Dill, gets a bird landed on their head, whose name is Itchy, or Icky. 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 And the two sing a song about how much they hate each other. But for some reason, they have to work together. Because Icky has the eyes and Dill has the teeth. And they hate each other. They keep singing about how they don't need one another. And then they break up. And then walk away from one another. But then Icky sees food and goes and grabs Dill's nose and is like, Okay, we're friends again. Because there's a giant sea turtle in this cave. And that, that song is one that has the most potential. I will not disagree with that, because I could see that song, you know, the same dynamic being used in a completely different mm -hmm. show. That is so similar to stuff like, uh, we have some of that with Cole Porter, we have some of that with, um, it, it, when we watch the movie Annie Get Your Gun, well, musical Annie Get Your Gun, but there is a movie version that we can watch, um... There is a song that you know, but you don't know it's from that, that has a similar feel to Icky and Dill's dynamic, except a lot more friendly. Um, but, like, that's the way that they wrote that. It's one of those, like, wow, this almost was a good musical. That was almost a good musical number. Yeah, almost a good musical number, but it made you go, wow, there was potential here. There think... was potential, and they wasted it. <laughs> yeah. Because even lyrically, that one, like, it's 
kind of dumb, but I can kind of forgive it because they, this is written by people who think that they know how to write for kids and they don't. Um, and so I can forgive it a little bit with the lyrics on that one. It was mostly a bunch of plays on words. It was, it was the one that made me go, y'all could have pulled out better lyrics out of your ass and you <laughs> didn't for the other two songs, which the last song is the second best in this show. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of any of them because I've seen good musicals and I've seen yeah. good animated musicals. Yeah. And so I look at this and go, this is, this is just, okay. This is better than other Bluth animated sequel properties, though, that screams in Balto 3. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, Dill, uh, Icky goes and grabs Dill, and they're like, okay, we're friends again, because there's a giant sea turtle in this cave, and a uh, baby long neck, so of course we should kill and eat this complete plot abomination. <laughs> baby Steps and Archie keep trying to move rocks, and then they hear Baby Steps' friends on the other side of the cave-in, and uh, as the friends are calling to one another, they cause another cave-in. Another cave-in. Mm-hmm. Another cave-in! It's at this time, Dill and Icky make their move to attack Baby Steps and Archie. Archie helps Baby Steps hide inside of a crevice, and Archie just hides in the water with his shell exposed, pretending to be a rock. What I hate about that is that they have him tuck himself into his shell. That's a thing that separates sea turtles from a lot of other species. They can't do that curling into their shell. That's not part of their defense mechanism. Sea turtles... Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Just... You can't tuck those flippers into their shell. A, their shell is part of them. It's why you don't paint turtle shells. Because it's literally part of their back. It's, it, and it's why, like, you don't, like, whenever you hear people, you know, oh, I stepped on a turtle shell, ha <laughs> ha, I've seen that before, and it mm -hmm. pisses me off. <sighs> Folks, Kay here, don't be a dick to turtles. Turtles have been here longer than you. Turtles are better than humans. <laughs> this is a K fact. I love turtles. K fact. Uh <laughs> It does make me think about uh, when I learned that, because I, for the longest time, I always thought that turtle anatomy, like their spine, was under their shell. Mm -hmm. I did well; it is under their shell, but I didn't realize that their spine is at the top of their shell. Mm -hmm. So if you crack the top of the shell, it goes right into the spine. Yeah, there's not like an inch of of bone or whatever before or fat it, or, or anything, anything that, before it gets to the spine. It goes right into the spine. Yeah. So it's, that... it's why it infuriates me, A, bad turtle anatomy and stuff, but B, the way that people treat turtles, because they are amazing little critters, and I love them all. Turtles are cute. They are perfect. I like tortoises, I too. still think about the sea turtle at the aquarium that I worked at, who had a bubble in her butt. Yeah, and had to have a weight mm -hmm. on them. I still think about, was that the same sea turtle that photobombed us when we were... Yes. Yeah. Wilson. So when we so side note, when Kay and I were getting married, we got married at a reception area in the local aquarium, and they had a big, huge wall-sized uh, plexiglass <laughs> thing. And as we're like taking our vows and stuff like that, the sea turtle came up to like, and so we've got pictures of 
of us and the sea turtle like what's going on mm -hmm. what you doing she she's a sweetie and she likes lettuce and i love her anyway on to a inferior sea turtle being chased by an inferior dinosuchus yeah, so we were at Archie just hiding in the water with his shell exposed, pretending to be a rock. Dill and Icky find baby steps, cause of course they do, and he's just I mean, he's just he's just tucked into the wall that you know so, and they try to get him but can't quite reach. Dill then starts to thrash about, hitting the cave wall and causes another cave-in, which. At least it's not from sound this time. Yeah. It's is... from them actually smacking the side of the cave wall, mm. which would cause reverberations through the stone, which actually could dislodge other stone. Mm -hmm. Because and that is how physics fucking works. Stalactites are fucking dangerous, y'all. <laughs> you do... It's why I always freaked out whenever field trips would go to Timpanogos or uh, Cave of the Winds in Colorado, because it would just be like... Uh, I know what these can do, and it's like icicles, but worse. The heavier. <laughs> heavier icicles. In instead of piercing your head, they will just smash you into oblivion. Mm. And pierce your head. Yeah, but, I mean, pierce, smash you They'll do both. They're efficient like that. <laughs> They'll leave a paste. <laughs> Red mist. Anyways, Sarah enters the scene, rejoining the group and acting like, I'm here to save the day with my hard head. Cousin Steps is like, can I help? And Sarah is like, yeah, stay out of my way. And the gang smacks and throws rocks out of the way. Dill finally breaks enough of the cave wall away and then goes to eat baby steps, but is stopped by Archie, who after his power, after his power nap decides <laughs> to try and help. But instead, it's the children who scare off Dill and Icky too, I guess. Archie and Baby Steps give the other children some exposition and get all caught up. Sarah is like, you should have asked your real friends for help. <laughs> and Archie is like, Nightflower, you say? And all the others are like, we haven't mentioned that yet. And Archie is like, well, <laughs> it's a good thing I know a shortcut to the land of mists. Because of the writers, these movies don't give a fuck for anything close to a coherent plot. <laughs> Anyways, Archie leads the group to a secret cave exit that goes right into the land of mists. He then tells the child band of child adventurers to be careful and stuff. Then he goes back to his cave, where I guess he'll die alone. Enjoy that fresh cave water, you giant reptilian asshole. <laughs> I, I feel like they hit this point in the movie and went... Oh shit, that's right. We can only have this be under an hour and a half. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because <sighs> they could have done more in the Valley of the Mists. Oh yeah. Which would have been hoping really they would have cool. done more in the Valley of the Mists, but they spend mm -hmm. a good third of the movie in this fucking cave. Yeah. With an animal that doesn't belong in this fucking cave. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a issue that's that these movies have sometimes is that they spend so much time getting to where the journey is supposed to take place or the adventure or whatever that it, it it's like yeah sometimes the journey or the purpose of the journey isn't the destination but is the journey not in this case in this case i would have loved to see more about the valley of the mist i would have loved to have seen like 
other weird dinosaurs in the Valley of the Mist. Granted, um, in later movies, you're going to get more interesting non-stock dinosaurs, but still, like, they could have done that with this one in the Valley of the Mist. I still laugh that the other dinosaurs had to leave the Valley of the Mist because it was too wet. Mm -hmm. When I'm just sitting here like, you still had green food to eat. Yeah. yeah, there's, like, other dinosaurs in your territory now, but you're a fucking long neck. Mm-hmm. Nothing messes with you because you smash it to shit paste. Mm-hmm. Uh, onward, the child group immediately hit a snag when Sarah gets scared by a widow snake. A pack of Gallimimus-like dinosaurs rush the group and leap into the water to escape a packy who skull bashes and drives off the children. Yes, Did okay. you recognize those, though? No. Those were Struthiomimuses, as in Ozzy and Strut. See, okay. From I, the second movie. Then I did recognize them, and it was just, I couldn't remember their type, So, mm -hmm. but I could remember Gallimimus. And yes, I knew that's that, true. I knew that they were Gallimimus-like. Yes. But they were, they were specifically drawn exactly like Ozzy and Strut, because lazy. <laughs> Stock animation. I mean, yeah. like, they already had a design, yeah. so it makes sense that they would just repeat it. I just, I didn't like that they all had the same It's copy-pasted. Yeah, it was, yeah. was copy-pasted. But, I mean, unless you have a, it's the same thing, like, the the Packy that they show mm -hmm. is, like, the exact same Packy design from the uh, uh, the first movie. Yeah. So, and they don't have any difference because they're not essential enough. They're just there to cause a reaction from mm -hmm. the main characters who do matter. Yeah. When, but, yeah. Uh, I just, when I see other things where they do have variation i get angry when they don't do variation on background characters because then i'm like come on you showed me that you could do it here again it's don't it's, be lazy again it's you know this was probably i bet you i bet you these these movies were made by the company that made the lowest bid yes um and i will i will give them that especially because uh this was the one of the only things keeping Universal Animation afloat, from what I could tell, was this stuff. Because the American Tale sequels didn't do well, neither did the Balto sequels. But these, because of people like me who thirst for dinosaur content, then... <laughs> it, just, it just frustrates me. The reason that a lot of stuff doesn't do well is because they don't put the effort into mm -mm. it to make it good. And mm -mm. then they go, well, we can't make these movies because people aren't going to buy them. People aren't buying them because they know that they're shitty. It's yeah. like you, you, you have to put TLC into your product if you want people to care about your product. That's yep. just how it is. For I, the most part, I, I probably mean. shouldn't mention with American Tale, actually, because American Tale did have a TV series for a while that was kind of fun. From what I remember, it's been a long time. But Size Balto didn't. Tale. Yeah. I love American Tale. The third <sighs> one's crap. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't seen I've only seen this first two. Anyways, anyways. Yeah, the Packy, who scares off the children, who then try to hide in a, hide by a tree, which is infested with our great, 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 grandfather, a rat-like creature who squeaks and squeaks and Ducky is like, yay, I want a cute pet. But instead, they're like, no, tell the rat to find Sarah. 
and Grand and Grandpa Rat climbs a tree and squeaks out Sarah's location. But Sarah dumbfucks her way into falling into the river via a crumbling ledge, and the others have to grab a vine and use it as a rope to fish for Sarah. In uh, the live-action remake of this, the rat's going to be played by Danny DeVito in a rat <laughs> costume, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> hey, I'm Tickles. <laughs> hey, can I offer you an egg in these troubling times? <laughs> we stole it from a nest. <laughs> oh, this is your sister? This is awkward. Nom, 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 nom. What sister? <laughs> the gang is pulling Sarah out uh, pulling Sarah out of the water and to safety when Icky swoops in to be like, Nyah, thanks for showing us the shortcut. Nyah, 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 nyah. I'm evil. And then he bites the vine and releases Sarah into the water where Dill is waiting. Dill tries to chomp Sarah but misses and gets a mouthful of log. The kids start throwing rocks off the ledges and pelting the child murderers. <laughs> Cousin Steps goes to help, but falls and knocks herself out. Dill and Icky decide to go after her instead of Sarah. Icky dives at her and lodges his head in a tree. Cousin Stepper jumps on Dick's... On Dick. <laughs> Cousin Stepper jumps on Dill's back and uses that bitch like a boat, swinging her tail towards Sarah, who grabs it with her non-existent opposable hands... <laughs> And climbs aboard the crockboat. Dill then crashes into some large tree roots, and Cousin Steps and Sarah scramble up the tree, being like, Belly draggers can't climb trees because they're inferior to us master racers. <laughs> Even though we're all archosaurs. <laughs> Which I do love that uh, you have two... Well, Icky's not a surviving lineage of bird, but you've got a bird and a crocodile that are your antagonist with their other relatives. And it's it's just, it's kind of a cool thing. And also cool because birds and crocodiles still have symbiotic relationships. Yeah, the, now that you're talking about that, that actually is an interesting plot point to bring mm -hmm. out. Because, you know, Icky uses dill as the muscle to kill the food that Icky finds so that mm -hmm. they can both eat. And then, of course, you know, anybody who's seen the pictures of the, the birds that pick food out of crocodiles to yeah eat and if crocodiles eat those birds then all the other birds let the other birds know and then that crocodile is gonna have bad teeth for the rest of its short life mm -hmm. <laughs> sarah and cousin stepper come to an understanding and then sarah immediately shouts to the others cousin stepper and i are friends now <laughs> and they all cheer <laughs> Then they cut to them all walking and Cousin Stepper giving their exposition that they just never grew up with anything but long necks. So that's why they're a racist. Because, yeah. But then the whole gang sings a song about how it takes all types and takes all sorts and how they're all friends now. Which that song is probably, it's serviceable it, it just like any of the others it's inoffensive it, it could be better mm -hmm. i'm like there there is an attempt to have like a moral for children in there mm -hmm. but it's it's not flushed out enough for yeah. it to be memorable yeah you know the whole in my opinion the whole point of having a song in something is that it it resonates well enough that you carry that song outside of what you're watching yeah and it, it's also uh something that a musical director that i worked with once is that your your songs in non-sung-through musicals are basically like the 
the ultimate expression of whatever emotion. Like, you hit a point with an emotion that you can't do anything else but sing it. And these don't do that. <laughs> no, because a lot of the singing... So, it is it is done better with the villains earlier. Yes. But then again, at least one of those... Help me with her name. Dill? Yes. Yes. Noah. Oh, Tress McNeil. Thank you. Who is a fucking goddess of voice yes! acting. Yes! I love her. Tress McNeil is amazing. Um, and her character, like, that's like, her character acting is pretty good. I mean, I don't, her singing is okay, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the issue with these songs is that they're always kind of done at half enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like they genuinely feel what they're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, it could also come with the smaller paycheck. And so mm-hmm. they're like, well, yeah, this gets half energy. <laughs> and like for, for Tress McNeil voicing Dill, I think that Dill, it works that she doesn't sing well because her voice is kind of a... As a gruffer. I'm a gruff. I'm a a gruff gruff crocodile. (laughs) (laughs) And so it works there, and same as with Icky. Like, they're... It's it's more nasally. Yeah, and it's like their villain songs are just always, except for the egg song that I don't really like, are always better than the rest of the songs in the movie. I guess that's fair because the villains are always different mm. and the villain has a motivation that's usually to kill, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the heroes, their motivation is usually like, friendship is good. Yeah. Being nice is good. Yeah. And I, there will be a song in the next one that the, uh, our, our baby, our baby group sings that is decent and is probably one of the ones that makes me go again, you have all this potential. I'll, Look at all of the potential that you have wasted. I'll be the judge of that. I'm not saying hey. it's a good song. I'm just <laughs> saying that compared to other songs, it's better. And It's not a flaming pile of dino shit, mm-hmm. but it's more of a I, smoking pile of dino shit. I am happy, though, that they have, with this one, villains that actually... Like, villains that are actively hunting the kids that talk. Mm-hmm. Because usually they don't. Usually it's just growls and stuff, which gets explained in the next one. Mm-hmm. But up until this point, your villains didn't speak. And, like, except for Ozzy and Strut, who yeah, were hunting who were, an egg. Yeah, they were going after an egg. Like, when it comes to <laughs> raptors and well, when it comes to sharp teeth in general, mm-hmm. they don't. Yeah. Which, you know, I know you've said it's going to get explained. Yeah. But, uh, know what I'm, I'm having very intrusive thoughts right now. Hmm. Uh, I'm having a very hard time thinking about The Land Before Time without thinking about that, that wonderful piece of artwork that, uh, Tyler from Anamorphing Time. <gasps> God damn, Tyler. Shared. What the fuck was that? Where it was, uh. Who, who gets that tattoo? It was Sarah getting Eiffel Towered, basically. And. By Littlefoot and Chomper. And, uh. Mission accomplished, Tyler. That is It lives rent-free in our heads, Tyler. It's squatting in my brain, and every time I try to get it an eviction notice, it pulls a gun on me. (laughs) Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you like that. (laughs) Just the image of, like, 
telling, trying to tell this thought to get out of your brain, it just pulls a gun. <laughs> I will kill us both and then burn this brain Here's down. the issue. Is Chomper is the one holding the gun because he has hands. But it's that <laughs> image holding the gun. <laughs> oh, God. Let me finish. Oh. We're going to wear this bitch out. I called some friends to come over. <laughs> okay. Wow. Dark turn. Okay. Uh, let's get back on the track of this roller coaster of mediocreness. Uh, the scene cuts to Dill, who is being yelled at by Icky to get him out of this tree he's stuck in. Dill frees Icky with some chomps to the tree, and the two set out in pursuit of their baby food. An undisclosed amount of time later, Dill and Icky are both bitching about being tired, and Icky is like, Good point. I'll nap on your back while you run into everything because your vision is terrible. Because she says, I want to rest the eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need to rest the eyes. For, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, but Icky is the eyes. Mm-hmm. And so Icky sleeping on her back, it's like, I'm sure that while I'm sleeping on your back, you'll run into everything because your vision is terrible. I'm sure to get a restful nap that way. <laughs> and Dill proceeds to trash talk Icky as she smashes headfirst into every object on her path. One of these days, Icky. <laughs> One of these oh, yep. days. <laughs> Pretty much. We cut to the baby gang, who are also bitching about how far they've been walking, and they decide to make camp and snuggle. Prom- uh, <laughs> prompting an interesting conversation <laughs> between Kay and my sister Shay about Rule 34 regarding these child dinos and how the internet is a dark cesspool that must ship everything. Now, Rule 34 is just for porn. <laughs> it is just there. If it exists, there is porn of it. We were not talking about porn. We were talking about shipping, which can be a variety of things. You can have non-sexual ships. Okay. Which... <laughs> Let's put it this way. The ship is an actual boat in a harbor, but once that ship goes out to sea, the sea is rule 34. And the ship, because they're children, the ship, stays at the harbor. The ship floats on rule 34. See, for you and Shay it did. But for uh, you, you do not control the harbor and all the other docking ports and the ships being constructed on it. That's true. They will go out That's into true. C-34. But, but like, seriously, though, internet, y'all been sleeping on a really good uh, women-loving-women ship. Because I, I've seen a lot of Allie and Littlefoot, which, again, cousins. I've seen a lot of Sarah and Littlefoot, which, when I was a kid... Yes, I, I was like, there is some chemistry there. But it it took realizing that, no, the actual chemistry in this is Sarah and Allie. I think there's too many people in the world who have attractive cousins that they secretly think about banging. Yeah. Which is really baffling to me because I have some very attractive cousins. Oh, same. And I can look at my cousin and go, you're a very beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You're my cousin. Exactly. It stops there. Yes, yes. And see you at the next reunion, cuz. Yeah. Or not, because I don't go to reunions. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't either. But, but... like, I... <sighs> Mostly because I can't handle being around my attractive, attractive cousins. Joke, joke, joke. But, like, it, it's it's one of those things where Shay and I were talking about it, too, is that uh, girl ships are less common than 
either male male ships or male female ships and so that's probably why people been sleeping on it but like sarah and Allie are the ultimate enemies to lovers Oh, oh, ultimate enemies to lovers. Sorry, yes. I thought I, 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 my brain heard that and and computed it incorrectly. We also decided that the ultimate bro TP is Spike and Petrie. Why? Because they just are. Okay. And also because I, I feel like you know Petrie probably has a little bit of a thing for Ducky, and Spike is like, well. You like my sister, and my sister's amazing, so I'm going to keep you close so that you don't fucking hurt my sister, because I have a thagomizer, and I will pummel you to death. (laughs) I will shrike you on this tale of mine, Mm. motherfucker. But then, you know, Sarah and Littlefoot is also a really good bro TP, as is Sarah and Ducky. You know, I don't like how much we're talking about shit. Bro TP is the best friends. It's like, basically, you see these two people as, like, Turk and JD. They are connected at the hip. They are best friends. They are ride-or-die friends. That's bro-TP. Bro-TP is completely non-romantic. It is platonic. It is the purest ship. Because then it's just friends. It is a friendship rather than a relationship. It's theropod love. That's all it is. We're not theropods. But you're an ornithopod, uh, and I'm a sauropod, and this one is a ceratops. Anyway, I get words mixed up. Spike's a thyreophoran, and Petrie's not a dino. (laughs) It's dino love between two dinos. Thank you for that lovely musical number, Kay. Rawr! Anyways, (laughs) in the middle of the night... Fag wakes up and sees the dank Kush night flower and licks Ducky to wake them up. Ducky then wakes up everyone else and they're like, Holy shit, we're in the middle of an entire field of dank golden Kush! Yup, yup! <laughs> and they frolic and trip balls. <laughs> we then see the gang with a fat stack of golden flowers being like, We have to get back before it's too late! And then Dill and Icky jump out all, Surprise, bitches! We're here to eat you! (laughs) Surprise, motherfucker! Surprise, motherfucker! And they all run. Icky manages to snatch Petrie and is like, I'ma eat this chicken nugget all by myself because he's too small to share. And Dill snaps at him, trying to eat them both. The rest of the gang hiding behind a nearby rock are like, What do we do? Should we leave Petrie to his death and leave with our dank kush? And great, 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 granddad tickles, squeaks and squeaks, and then runs over out from behind cover over to the giant croc, grabs the tail, pulls it, and then places that tail into Icky's mouth, which I guess forces him to bite down on it and hurt Dill to clarify the rat saves Petrie by grabbing a crocodile tail and putting it into a bird mouth. Yeah. Now, 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 when an animal even, like, that crocodile, like, my brain really glitches on this part Mm -hmm. because, like, even just the, 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 um, 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 
not engaged muscles of that tail would be mm-hmm. way too much. That tail weighs yeah. more than that rat's entire family living yeah. in that tree. It, I, they're trying to do a old cartoon shtick, but it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Like we've seen this before in countless Hanna Barbera things mm. with uh, and Looney Tunes and, Looney and Tunes Disney, and, even. and just you know putting a tail in another thing's mouth to bite it. Yeah. But the thing is like, and the thing that made me laugh too is the way that the crocodile's facing. The crocodile tail is not that flexible. No. To do the maneuver that they did, and no. the fact that it just runs up and shoves the tail into Icky's mouth, it's like if that would work if you just shoved it in your mouth. There's no reason you would bite down. No, and like just that whole that like my uh, I hate how much I am focusing on that. Well, I hate how much they took a really tried and true animation trope and fucked it up because <laughs> they didn't. It, a they took something that couldn't move, because they they tend to try to make dinosaur and crocodilian and etc anatomy work right but in doing what they did that breaks their anatomy rules that, that they've already rules. established and the thing that i don't like too is when you see a character do a feat of impossible strength and they mm. don't even seem to be struggling to do that yeah. feat of impossible strength yeah i can't remember what cartoon it was but it was the same kind of thing where you see like a mouse grab a cat's tail and i remember seeing the mouse put the cattail over their shoulder mm-hmm. and like carrying it like you would if you were a human trying to carry another human that yeah. you know, was, was incapacitated. Been, that might have been, been a Tom, have been and, Tom Jerry, and Jerry. Which, like, again, y'all, Tom and Jerry did it right. Yeah. My, These folks don't. But Yeah, same kind of thing. It's like, it, I get, uh, I, I need to, uh, why That's, do I do this to myself, Kay? Well, because <laughs> we have seen animation for kids do things correctly. And this has a higher budget than TV animation, and they do it wrong, and they break their own rules without having a... Because you can break rules, but you have to know how to do the rule before you break it. I have a theory. Hmm. I have a theory, and I think this theory is correct. The reason that these are so bad, I would like to journey to the internet, which we can do later, and find out how much the CEO of Universal's animation studio was <laughs> making at the time, because I would imagine that that motherfucker was collecting a huge fucking paycheck. Oh, probably. Based off of these movies. I'm like, I imagine that the budget is like, this massive chunk is for this cock waffle, and then the rest is for the entire musical. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're probably a thousand percent right, which sucks, because it's depressing. It's depressing that he... Because I love I love the original Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hate these sequels. I want to like them as much as I liked the original. Mm-hmm. But they're not they're not giving it their all. They're not putting their heart into it. Yeah, it's it's first draft from wall to wall, more or less. And when mm-hmm. something is done right, it's more of a credit to the performer performing it than it is mm-hmm. to the material they're performing. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyways. The icky biting dill confusion helps Petrie escape, then regroup with the others. They all run and hide in some nearby trees, and when Dill and Icky complain that they got away, one of the children giggles, Sarah, and gives their location away, and they have to run again. Mm-hmm. As they're running, one of the night flowers falls out, and Ducky goes to grab it, but the bad guys are right on their tail. 
Ducky screams and runs with the flower, but Itchy snatches Ducky up and tries to carry them off. Petrie dashes in, and Icky and Petrie play, uh, pull the Ducky and try to tear her in half. <laughs> Do you notice that? Like, they're yeah. stretching her. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, holy That fuck. happens to her a lot. A lot. And Ugh. it's really upsetting how much abuse this tiny dinosaur gets. <laughs> you know, the, the, oh my god. So Ducky's family, like they always have lots of children. So Ducky is the Kenny of this series and just dies <laughs> every every movie and we don't know it. It's just a new Ducky that replaces them. Oh my gosh. Sooner, Ducky's Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I du- can't die. Yup, yup, yup. They're like, what are you talking about, Ducky? Ducky then pulls, Ducky gets pulled free of Icky but not pulled apart, and falls into the water and is knocked unconscious. Dill surfaces with Ducky on their nose and is like, sweet, this one's mine, and throws Ducky into the air in order to catch them into their mouth. And as Ducky slow falls, the entire gang is crying her name. Ducky! 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 Wake up, Ducky! You're going to get eaten alive! And it's at this time that Thag, the strong silent type, Cries out, Duck! Duck! Duck Newton! <laughs> Ducky! <laughs> and his only voice, and only his voice seems to be what wakes up Ducky, who sees the open maw of Dill below her, and as she grabs at a tree branch and narrowly escapes death. The tree branch then reverberates and smacks Dill a dozen plus times and flings Ducky up into the uh, flings Ducky up and to safety. Icky gets smacked out of the air and falls right into Dill's mouth. Icky cries out for Dill to not eat them and gets spit out. What I love is who smacks Dill or who smacks Icky out of the air. So I missed that. I thought it it's was Spike. Oh, okay. Spike is cuz he's like don't fuck with my baby sister or with my older sister but i mean he's giant so he's got that size comparison must protect tiny and i love that they actually have him use his tail like a stegosaurus would but of course he's a baby so it's not a impaler (laughs) yet but uh, it that fucked me like when i was a kid i was like holy shit spike just talked are we gonna have (laughs) too bad his voice kind of sucks but are we gonna have spike talking in the next movie like do we get to hear spike's inner thoughts now what's he been thinking this whole time because he's capable of speech the plot will be revealed it it will but only in the tv series (laughs) do you say there's an episode in the tv series where it's all from his perspective it is my favorite episode because you get to hear him just being like all I want to do is sit and eat. And everyone's like, let's go on an adventure. I don't want to go on no damn adventure. There is a leaf right here with my name on it. And you're all taking me out somewhere where there's danger and sharp teeth. And I just want to eat. I need, I have to get, I have to gain another thousand pounds in the next year. <laughs> Y'all know why I'm staying so tiny? Because you're taking me everywhere. <laughs> So it's crazy because vegetables are low calories. So, mm-hmm. anyways, so yes, Dill, uh, Icky falls into Dill's mouth. Icky cries out for Dill not to eat them, gets spit out. Icky then yells at Dill for almost eating them, and the two break up again. Mm-hmm. Dill goes to swim away and runs into the Loch Ness monster, who tries to eat Dill. 
and Dill then swims away, crying out for Icky. Icky! Who Icky! she batted away, like, millions of miles. Yeah, she yeeted and, his ass. And of the two, only one will come back. Icky? Which, you can... You can extrapolate what happened to Dill at the end of this. Uh, Nessie had a croc snack. Yeah, because Hydro... I think it's Hydrothesaurus or Hydrotherus. I'm not good with uh, the marine reptiles, but that specific one absolutely would have eaten Dill. And could have very easily. (laughs) And then she migrated to Ireland, or Scotland, one of the lands, and... Scotland. It's Scotland. My bad. I apologize. Well, I mean, this is in America, so she could be Tessie, the Lake Tahoe monster. Touche. Especially because they are in the West. Mm. So she is she is Tessie. There we go. Tessie ate Dill. But what we don't know yet is that there's secretly an underwater cave system that connects Lake Loch Ness to that. And, you and know... they just go back and forth, and they do photo ops at both. So, I'm going to hate myself for this later, but you know who takes the tolls in that underwater tunnel? Who? John. The giant <laughs> pink sea snail. John, the giant pink sea snail. In, in his, his adventure. E- in his adventure of how to tax the ever-loving shit out of marine me- reptiles. <laughs> now available on tax day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so our heroes welcome Ducky back from the brink of near death, and Ducky is like, I thought I heard Thag. Or, I thought I heard Thag! And they're like, yeah, you only seem you only seem to care about his voice, so how about you only talk to him from now on? <laughs> huh, ducky? <laughs> and the gang sets out to go back home. They get back to the Great Valley and uh, stuff some dank kush into <laughs> G-Paw Big Steps, and G-Paw trips balls, but eventually gets better, and is like, oh, I had the strangest dream. And you were there, and you were there, and you were there, and I'm extra hungry. Does anyone have nachos? (laughs) It's at this moment that Cousin's family decides, well, it's time we leave this literal paradise and go wander the world again, uncertain of where our next meal will come from, since we've already mentioned that our previous home is now too wet for us to live in for some reason. (laughs) So I guess we'll go wander the wastes in hope of finding a place to survive. Cause we're a migrating herd and we can't not migrate. So bye y'all. You know what it reminds me of actually thinking about it is the different types of orcas. Oh, and how because they, are... they learn what to eat, so you'll get orcas that are migrating that eat sharks, and penguins will be like, holy shit, they yeah. eat us, and the orcas are like, why are they running? Yeah, and so that's probably a similar thing, is that, like, these cousins are just so used to, we're always on the move, our father's father's moved, our father's 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 moved, why our do father's we do this? father's father's moved. Why do we do this? Because, tradition, tradition. <laughs> The Brontos! The Brontos! Tradition! The narrator then comes in to be like, Our heroes will meet Cousin again, but that's a story for another time. And then Kay is like, Yeah, no, the Cousin is in the TV series, but we don't see her ever again in the movies, even though there is a movie all about migrating herds. Yep. Anyways, 
Warren's final thoughts, this movie sucked. The animation was fine, the voice acting is fine, the songs suck donkey balls, as always. <laughs> the story makes no sense, as always. Why do they turn the series into a musical? Why not cut out the songs and spend more time on the plot? Anyways, another Land Before Time down. The end. Yep. And uh, we've got ten more to do. Thank you. And the TV series, probably, because... <sighs> Kay mentioned that yeah. the other night, y'all, that it's only one season, so, uh, I, 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 I... And the only reason that we would need to watch the TV series is because the 14th Land Before Time has a character who you do need to see the TV series to know her relationship to the other characters and also to know how much better she is in the tv series than in the 14th movie so if we do that what do you think the timeline is for doing movies between or, or doing the tv series and then the movie tv would... series would be after 13 okay so it'd be watch them up to 13 watch the tv series then mm -hmm. do the 14th movie yep because the 13th does not have any impact on the t or it does not have any any of the same impact on the 14th movie that the TV series does, TV series does take place in between the two, chronologically, because there's fucking chron chronology to this. No, there isn't. I mean, they were released at different times, but there's no rhyme or reason about what happens between the movies because they contradict themselves constantly. Well, okay, so for our main five, there's not much, but that for our... Uh, Tersh or our secondary uh, protagonists, uh, Chomper and Ruby, there is storyline. Who's Ruby? You'll meet her in the TV series, and she is so cool. Okay. I love Ruby in the TV series, and they waste her in the 14th movie. Mm. The 14th movie should have been about her and her family, not what it was about. It was so... <sighs> the 14th movie was a mistake to watch during knee surgery recovery <laughs> especially because you didn't have any opioids so it's not like you could trip balls mm -mm. and have a good time mm -mm. you just had just yeah ice, ice and ibuprofen yeah and... the animorphs tv series was so much better of a choice for the first part of knee surgery <laughs> recovery <laughs> that was so fun to watch while i was just in pain and just like i remember this <sighs> Oh, it's okay. I would ask you what our next show is, but I don't give a shit because I know what it is. Yeah, it's uh, Land Before Time 5, The Mysterious Island. The Mysterious Island. Mm -hmm. The Mysterious Island. And I will give you one thing about The Mysterious Island. Guess who's back? Well, I, I already know. You already know, it's, but... It's Chomp. It's, it's, it's the, Chompy Boy. It's the best boy. It's, it's the best boy. little boy. He's the sweet boy. The sweet, too-good-for-this-world bilingual dinosaur boy. Um, Because this one how... goes into dinosaur language. Maybe T-Rexes could swim with their tails and their big legs. Like, we, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, elephants can swim. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Rexes and Brontos and Apatosaurus could all those big predators and stuff could swim, too. But the reason I'm asking this is because... They had to get to that island some way. Mm -hmm. And I, if I remember right, they talk about how they got there. Was it swimming? No. Was there a land bridge? There was, I think there was a little causeway, because I think the big 
reveal of this is that the causeway gets destroyed after the kids cross it. Oh, so they're trapped on Predator Island. Mm-hmm. A very, a well, very short-sighted island. <laughs> well, I know all I need to know about that film. No. I guess we can move right on to the sixth. Nope. Ah, balls. I I like the fifth film because it goes into dinosaur linguistics a little <laughs> bit. And I don't know. I'm a sucker Nerd. for that. I'm, I'm a sucker for things that, you know, go, hey, you just didn't know that they actually do have families and talk. Yeah. Because I love theropods, man. Theropod for life. Woo! Roar. Roar. So, anyway, next episode, Land Before Time 5, The Mysterious Island. Yay! Yay. So, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Hope that you enjoyed our suffering. I know I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you'd like to reach out to Kay and I, you can do so on our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our social medias, our Facebooks, our Instagrams, our Twitters, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Please feel free to jump in, say hi, share pictures of your pets, talk about musical theater, or just whatever. Yep, and if you want to help out the show, you can do so by going to wherever you listen to your podcasts, clicking on those stars or however they rate it. If it's stars, if it's juniper berries, I don't know why I said juniper berries, I guess for Pinecast. Ha 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 ha! But you can uh, give us a five star review, say anything you want in the comments within reason. Uh, you could say, Your favorite dinosaur. What's your favorite dinosaur? I will love to hear that, and I'll sing about your dinosaur on the next episode if you say your favorite dinosaur. Uh, Or if you mention Latte, she gets a cookie. If you want to go above and beyond, you can check out our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical. There we have different tiers where you can get uh, bonus episodes, you can get a mention on the show, you can even have us read a message for you. Uh, If you want a more tangible way of supporting us you can hop over to our t public store and buy yourself t-shirts masks uh phone cases stickers all sorts of shit huh <sighs> anyway thank you again so much for listening i think that'll be all for this episode i'm Kay. i'm warren and this has been tone, tone deaf, deaf.